Thank you for listening to the Sage Ascent Foundation Incorporated podcast. We are a 501c3 nonprofit with the mission of education and elevation in our four pillars, scholarship, advocacy, culture, which encompasses history and the arts, and last but certainly not least, personal development. Please enjoy our show. Welcome to today's Sage Ascent Foundation Incorporated podcast episode. Today's episode, because it is going up on the day that is recognized as the holiday called Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it was only right to focus on him for today's episode. As some quick facts about Dr. King before we go more into detail about him and his life is Dr. King was born January 15th, 1929 in Atlanta, Georgia. His full name is Martin Luther King Jr. and he was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th, 1968. And today's episode, we're going to focus on his impact, his legacy, and some of the things that we feel Dr. King would probably be pushing for today, and also echoing some of his sentiments that he shared so many years ago that are still relevant to today, and how we as a country and as a people of the greater good can move forward and the image that Dr. King spoke about during his time on earth. Dr. King was a Baptist minister and he also was a civil rights and social activist. He was one of the many faces we saw at the forefront of the civil rights movement in the United States from the mid-1950s up until he was assassinated in 1968, giving a speech literally the night before he was assassinated. Many people don't realize this, but Dr. King was only 39 years old when he passed away. Dr. King's leadership, vision, and words were fundamental and also an asset to helping move America forward from the division that was known as segregation and the Jim Crow laws, predominantly in the southern United States. He was a voice in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He rose to a head position. He had a national prominence in that organization, and he was known for promoting nonviolent tactics such as the March on Washington in 1963 and other marches across the states. However, it should be known while he tried to be peaceful, Dr. King did recognize this was solely because he felt his behaviors, his actions, his choices in this movement would not be held at the same weight if he chose to go the violent route. And it is to be known that even though he chose peaceful tactics, he was still arrested. Dr. King did go to jail for the things he was advocating for. If you like what you have heard so far, consider supporting our organization. You can visit our website at www.thesagefoundationinc.org and check out our Instagram at sagefoundationinc for updates and more regarding this organization. Dr. King came from a middle-class family. Both of his parents were college-educated. He also came from a legacy of preachers. Both his father and his maternal grandfather were Baptist preachers, and Dr. King was succeeding his father-in-law as 
at the time as a pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, which is located in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. King did experience prejudice, however, something many people fail to realize is it doesn't matter where you are in the social climb where you are in the social world whether you're at the bottom or the top typically if prejudice is existent you're going to experience it if you are in a marginalized group at any level of the social ladder dr king was no longer allowed to play with his friends because the children were attending segregated schools dr king even most people don't know this had attempted suicide at 12 years old because his maternal grandmother had passed away from a heart attack and he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing and he was completely heartbroken by her death another thing dr king did is he studied the piano and as a kid he took a hammer and he completely destroyed his childhood home piano because he was just completely fed up and something we fail to realize is adolescents tend to have these outbursts because of where they're at in their life you're in this weird stage of you're becoming more aware and more focused in your thoughts and you're not sure how to express those emotions just yet you're still young you're still a child but you begin to view the world more of in that adult focus and sphere when Dr. King had spent the summer on a tobacco farm in Connecticut, he saw how race relations were outside of the South, which was highly segregated. He wrote in a letter to his parents that, and I quote, Negroes and whites go to the same church. He sent this in a letter to his parents, and he also said, I never thought a person of my race could eat anywhere. And just seeing these interactions in Connecticut showed Dr. King how much he despised the racial segregation that was happening in his hometown where he grew up seeing that there were possibilities of people to get along regardless of what they looked like in other places in the same country dr king studied medicine and law at morehouse college he had no plans of joining the ministry however that did change over time dr king entered the Crozer Theological Seminary that is located in Pennsylvania. He earned a Bachelor of Divinity degree and he also won a prestigious fellowship and was elected the president of his predominantly white senior class. He enrolled in a graduate program at Boston University, completing his coursework in 1953, which earned him a doctorate in systematic theology roughly two years later. While he was in Boston studying, he met Coretta Scott, who was a singer from Alabama. She was studying at the time at the New England Conservatory of Music. And as we all know, Miss Coretta Scott eventually became Dr. King's wife. They moved back and settled in Montgomery, Alabama, where Dr. King was the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. And they had four children, Yolanda Denise King, Martin Luther King III, Dexter Scott King, and Bernice Albertine King. Montgomery, Alabama was an epicenter of the civil rights movement in America. The Brown versus the Board of Education decision of 1954 truly created a quake throughout the segregated systems that we saw in the systems of the South. In 1955, Rosa Parks had refused to give up her seat to a white passenger in Montgomery on a bus, and she was arrested for this. That began the movement of the Montgomery bus boycott, where an economic strain was now placed on the public transit system because individuals were protesting the actions taken against black individuals and potentially brown individuals having to be seated at the back of the bus and not being able to freely choose where they want to sit on their transportation. 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was selected as a protest leader and official spokesman of this movement. And around the same time, the Supreme Court was ruling that segregated seating on buses was unconstitutional. This was in November of 1956. And the King family at this point, because of Martin's involvement in the civil rights movement, they became a target, especially for white supremacists who did not want to see this evolution of the blending of the races in America. His home was firebombed roughly in January of 1956. In 1958, Isola Ware Curry walked into a Harlem department store where Dr. King was signing books and asked, are you Martin Luther King? And when he replied yes, she stabbed him in the chest with a knife. King survived this attack and the attempted assassination only reinforced his decision and dedication to continue with nonviolence. And I quote, the experience of the last few days have deepened my faith in the relevance of the spirit of nonviolence if necessary, social change is peacefully to take place. The success of the Montgomery bus boycott in 1957 led Dr. King and other civil rights activists, most of them also fellow ministers, to found the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, also known as the SCLC, which was a group committed to achieving full equity for African Americans through nonviolent protests. The SCLC motto was, not one hair of one head of one person should be harmed. Dr. King would remain with this influential organization until his death and his role as SCLC president was traveling around the country and around the world giving lectures on nonviolent protests and civil rights as well as meeting with religious figures, activists, and political leaders. He had the opportunity to meet the family and followers of Gandhi, a man he described in his autobiography as the guiding light of our technique of nonviolent social change. Dr. King also authored a couple of books and articles during this time in his life. In 1960, he moved back to his hometown of Atlanta, where he joined as a co-pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church. This did not stop Dr. King and his SCLC colleagues from becoming key players in some of the most significant civil rights battles of the 1960s. Dr. King was arrested for his involvement on April 12th, and from jail he wrote, what has been penned one of the civil rights manifestos called Letter from Birmingham Jail, an eloquent defense of civil disobedience addressed to a group of white clergymen who criticized his tactics. I will be leaving a link for this letter in the show notes so you can read this. It's truly an interesting argument that Dr. King poses from a viewpoint of a man of faith and what he was doing in society to hopefully broaden the eyes and the viewpoints of those who were criticizing him. The March on Washington was a protest held in Washington, D.C. for jobs and freedom, and Dr. King worked with a number of civil rights groups to organize it. It was a peaceful political rally designed to shed a light on the injustices of Black Americans as they continued to face injustice across the country. It was held on August 28th, and it was attended by some of 200,000 to 300,000 participants and it's a watershed moment in the history of the civil rights movement in America, and it was a factor in the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It's during this march that Dr. King speaks his most famous address known as the I Have a Dream speech. It was a call for peace and equality, and many have considered it a masterpiece in its rhetoric. It was held at the Lincoln Memorial, a monument to the president who a century earlier had brought down the institution of slavery with his Emancipation Proclamation. Dr. King shares his 
vision of a future where, and I quote, this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. The Selma to Montgomery March was supported by President Lyndon B. Johnson and was led by Dr. King. And President Johnson sent federal troops to keep the peace during this march. In August, the Congress had passed the Voting Rights Act, which guaranteed the right to vote, first awarded by the 15th Amendment, to all African Americans in the country. On April 4, 1968, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. He was fatally shot standing on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel, where he had traveled to support a sanitation worker strike. In the wake of his death, riots were sweeping across major cities of the country, and President Johnson had declared a national day of mourning. James Earl Ray pleaded guilty to the murder and was sentenced to 99 years in prison. He later recanted his confession and gained some unlikely advocates, including members of Dr. King's family, before he passed away in 1998. To this day, the Lorraine Motel, located in Memphis, Tennessee, also houses the National Civil Rights Museum. It has been maintained and renovated to house multiple civil rights artifacts, history, and stories told to educate the public based on the civil rights movement of America and the room that Dr. King lived in up until his death has been preserved to honor his memory as well as a adjacent exhibit across the street speaking more on Dr. King's death, the assassination, and the legal proceedings that followed regarding who was guilty for the death of Dr. Martin Luther King. Years of campaigning from activists, members of Congress, and Miss Coretta Scott King herself led to, in 1983, President Ronald Reagan signing a bill creating a U.S. federal holiday in the honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It is observed on the third Monday of January, which today in 2022 is Monday, January 17th, and the first celebration of this holiday was in 1986. Some very notable quotes from Dr. King are, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. The ultimate measure of man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I leave you with this quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? As we reflect on today's holiday, it's important to ask yourself, what are you doing the other 364 days in the year to keep continuing the work and vision of Dr. King and other prominent leaders of the civil rights movement? While times have changed, a lot of systems and a lot of prejudice and a lot of unjust still continues, not just in the United States of America, but around the world. The question is now asked, how can you continue to make those changes to love others and to support the mission of equity and equality for all in your local, state, national and international communities thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the sage ascent foundation incorporated podcast all sources and other reference materials will be linked in the show notes continue to check out our website as well as our instagram page as we continue to provide updates and other ways for you to support our causes thank you again for listening to this podcast this is one of the many ways that you support us and we will see you in our next episode
published an episode of our show. Please leave a review and rating on your podcast service. For the corresponding blog and more information, go to www.thesagefoundationinc.org. For live updates, go to our Instagram at sagefoundationinc. Thank you for your support and contributions, as well as supporting our show. We are possible through donations and support from listeners like you. Thank you.